Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Church, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 14. As you know, church, we have been in a series called With God in Mission. And my sermon title for this morning in Matthew chapter 18 is The Least of These. The Least of These. As a church, we've been inspired. I was just thinking back this past month, Dr. Park came and inspired us and told us how the mission is so important because we are in the end stage. We're in the end time. So the frontier nations are important. Pastor came the second week and talked that we can't do mission unless we lean on Jesus and learn from Jesus. And last week, I talked about the inspiration for missions. You know, oftentimes when, when people come up here to talk about missions, they'll, they'll make you feel guilty. They'll say, you know, why are you not doing anything? Or they'll constantly be inviting you. I asked you, church, not to make that your inspiration, but God himself is a missionary. So we as his people, we are a missionary people. There should be no better inspiration than your relationship with God himself. And this morning, I want to focus on an overlooked mission field. Oftentimes when you see maps of missions, you see all the nations, especially the 1040 window, as the greatest need for missions. But I want to talk about an overlooked mission field right here among us. It is the least of these, the smallest, the youngest among us. I'm talking about children and teens. Not just ours in our church, but all over the DFW Metroplex. It is an incredibly ripe mission field. Often the gospel can go forward and impact the life of a child, and that child is what opens up the rest of the family to the gospel. Throughout scripture, Jesus has a lot to say about children. Not only does he address children, but he tells us that we should be like them. The mission field to children and to teens and to, and to the young ones are critical. And I'm not talking about babies. I'm not talking about just little kids. I'm talking about those that are even in their late teens. They are an unaddressed mission field that we as a church need to take seriously. You know, in Jesus' culture, in the ancient Near East culture, children, if you were not an adult yet, you were overlooked. You were told by society to be unseen, unheard, you were marginalized. Even in some societies, they were treated like property. But Jesus elevated children. He protected them. He called upon them. He showed the importance of the young ones around us. He said to even his disciples, they deserve our attention. So church, I want to talk to you about the least of these. A critical mission field in a critical moment in time. Look at our world. It's reeling, full of bad news and fake news, full of selfies, self-image issues, selfishness. Social media is making us less social than ever before. Anger, racism, hateful division is propagating all over the place. Our world is reeling. The world that you and I grew up in as adults is so different for our young ones these days. 
Society is so full of information, but it rarely has any transformation. So we need to invest in our children to educate, empower, encourage them into the likeness of Christ, to make them strong and resilient. So my main point for this morning is this. Children must be made resilient in a reeling world. Children must be made resilient in a reeling world. And guess what, church? We have a huge part to play in that, not just in our own church, but in the entire city. South Asian children are often some of the most overlooked when it comes to certain issues in the public school system. They're often bullied. They're often um, taken advantage of. They're often overlooked. It is a ripe mission field for us. Will we do it? Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 14. Let me read it. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, and then he placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Verse 6, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for that person to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, just cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to be maimed and crippled than to have two hands and feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Verse 10, see that you do not despise any of these little ones. For I tell you, their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Verse 12, so what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave 99 on the hills and then go look for that one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that wandered away. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing to let any of these little ones to perish. In this text, this shows the heart of our heavenly Father towards the least of these. In this text, it can be interpreted two ways. Little ones can be those that are young among us, and little ones can also be those that we don't see or don't hear, those that are on the margins. But this morning, I want to take the approach of little children. The first thing I want to say in verse 1 through 9, the Lord is teaching his disciples, you need to be a role model to the least of these. And number 2, verse 10 through 14, he says you need to be a refuge to the least of these. We need to learn to be role models to, young, to the young ones around us, and we need to be refuge for the young ones around us. Even though the sermon is about children, I will be talking to adults Because who will we be to them? Our future church quite literally 
depends on it. Amen? Church, are we okay? You guys ready? Let's enter into the text this morning. Children must be made resilient within a reeling world. Verse 1 through 9, we see that we must be a role model to the least of these. This chapter is a conversation between Jesus and his disciples. The disciples seem to be arguing about who, who among us is greater. I can just see Peter, James, and John. I, I can just see Peter telling everyone, I really think I'm the greatest. They're saying, you know what? Let's settle this. Let's go ask Jesus. Who is the greatest and who can be the greatest in the kingdom of God? I think, when I think about Jesus, I think if I was Jesus, how would I answer? If I was Jesus, I would point at myself. <laughs> Who's the greatest? Me. I'm the goat, the greatest of all time. You know, our young people say that. But Jesus does not point to himself. He finds a little child because children innately represent the nature of God in their life. Jesus calls a nearby child, and notice what happens. That little kid, he comes with no problem. You know, he has no problem. He comes straight to Jesus. What does this tell about Jesus' personality? Jesus has a personality that makes little children feel comfortable. They have no problem approaching Jesus. You know why? Because these children, they have been watching. They have been watching him. They know the kind of person he is when there's a big crowd and when there's no crowd. The children watch what it looks like when he comes into their house, how he interacts with their parents as he interacts with them. They know that Jesus is approachable. He's a great role model because Jesus is very childlike in front of people. So here's a strange teaching style of Jesus. He tells the disciples, you need to be role models for this child. But at the same time, he tells the disciples that your role model is this child. How am I supposed to be? Your role model, disciples, is this child. But I'm asking you to be that role model because this child, if you watch them, they are your role model. Jesus knows that it's important. If you want to be great, you have to be like a child. Why? Because children, they're not intimidating people. They are not deceptive. They are not proud. They are innocent. So Jesus is asking his disciples to be like them. Jesus knows that when you serve and minister and care for children, you begin to see the heart of the Father inside them, and that revelation changes you as you serve them. Verse 5, Jesus says, he moves into sharing that greatness is actually welcoming little children into your midst and into the kingdom of God. That's what greatness means to Jesus, welcoming little ones and little children into your midst and into your life. Verse 6, he says, Jesus continues by sharing that greatness is actually preventing little ones, preventing children from stumbling is greatness. In other words, overlooking children is a sign of weakness. In other words, causing little ones to stumble is a sign of weakness in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying if you welcome them and build them up and make them resilient, that shows your greatness in the kingdom of God. You see, leading children into stumbling and in not into the kingdom of God, the text says it's better for you to have someone tie a big stone around your neck and throw you into the deepest part of the ocean than for you to face God. As you welcome children, especially not in our, just in our church, but in the city, you will see 
that as you minister to them, they will help you become like Christ. And as you become like Christ, they become like you. And together, we'll see that cycle happening. They reflect the kingdom of God to us. We become like the kingdom of God in front of them, and we become role models for the children. It is critical. You know, um, the president, Valerie Bell from Awana, she says this, that if children are not resilient, they will not make it into college with a Christian faith in Jesus. Resilience is actually built by the church, by the community around them, by adults around little kids is how they build their resilience. Many people think that the role models for children are their parents and the pastors. Actually, Barna study shows that young people actually watch other adults, not just their parents, not just their pastors. They watch the whole church to see who will be a role model for them. Compassion International states that resilience is built by helping, children, uh, by, by helping children foster optimism in their life, by helping children face fear in their life. You build resilience by when you talk to young people about important topics, when you help young people interpret suffering, not alleviate it, interpret it, you will see children become more and more resilient. I'm not saying this to scare anybody, but in the next 24 hours, 1,500 young teens and children will attempt suicide. In the next 24 hours, 15,000 will try drugs for the first time in the United States. In the next 24 hours, 3,500 children will try to run away from home. In the next 24 hours, 20% of children and teens will experience some kind of mental health episode. Anxiety, fear, depression. I'm not talking to you this to say that this is a fun VBS thing. I'm telling you this is because this is an important, critical mission field that our church needs to take seriously. Amen? The interesting thing is around this world, and I hate to say it, there are people out there who are looking to make children stumble. Not take them off the wrong path, not take them off the right path and put them on a wrong path. The path they are in, which is the right path, people in this world will cause them to stumble, frustrate them, make them feel like they're not making progress, show them that this road that they're on is hard, it's painful, it's too narrow, it's the right path, but it's too hard. Stumbling is not moving you to a new path, it's keeping you on your path, but telling you that path is hard. So what happens to our children? They don't, they're no longer resilient. Because of the stumbling, because of all the stumbling around them, they become reluctant. I'm telling you, the worst thing, worse than being a non-Christian, is being a reluctant Christian. When our children become reluctant Christians, that means they know everything about the Bible, but that truth does not change them because of the stumbling happening in this society. You know, when I was in high school, I, you know, I didn't know I needed a mentor, so I was, uh, I was raised in Mesquite, Texas. I went to Poteet High School, if anyone was wondering, go Pirates. In ninth grade, I remember walking around uh, my high school hallways, and I noticed there's a police officer there. You know, and so when you're a young kid, you know, my parents made me kind of scared of police officers, so I never looked at him. 
I was scared of him. He was a big police, he got a gun, everything. He was walking, and then one day he stopped me, and I thought, oh no, my life is over, you know? Police officer stopped me, and he said, young man, I need to talk to you for a second. I was like, yes, sir. You know, he took me to his office, and he said, I've been watching you. I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong, I promise, you know? I'm a Pentecostal, you know? Um, I've been watching you. I wanna, I wanna put you on a team with me. I'm like, really? A team with the police officer? And he began to invest in me that, that semester, and he started a group, and I don't know, I, I'm glad, None of our young people are here, but he put me on a group called the Crime Stoppers. <laughs> I got a shirt that said I was a Crime Stopper, and so I used to walk around all over the school. I would have certain periods I got to take off and walk with the police officer around the halls of the school, and we would like open up bathrooms and you know check to see if people are doing drugs, and you know I felt like I was like on a like a TV show, you know, with the police officer. I was a Crime Stopper. And what he began to teach me is he began to, in some ways, remove the innocence from my eyes. I didn't know that people did so many bad things in my school. But as he showed it to me, he began to show me the ways people stumble in the world around us. And instead of hiding that from me, he made me resilient in front of it. So now, Instead of saying, when someone asks me to do drugs for the first time, or asks me to do this or that, instead of saying, oh no, I'm so reluctant, I don't know, my, my life with Christ is so hard, I was resilient in front of them. I said, no, this is not the way to live. In fact, if you don't put that up, I'm a crime stopper. <laughs> More than being a crime stopper, the authority from a police officer. Do you know our young people walk with the greater authority than the police could ever give them? The authority of the kingdom of heaven rests upon every one of our children. Any place that they walk, they carry an authority much greater than a police officer. They carry with them the authority of the king of kings. Have you taught that to your children? To be resilient in a reeling world. They need role models. Not to hide things from them, but to show it to them and cause them to be resilient in the midst of it. Remember, if you hide things from your kids, eventually people will make them stumble, and the funny thing is they will not be resilient. They will be reluctant. Church, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, parents spend hours and hours upon extracurriculars, education, social activities, and we bring our kids maybe to church two times, two hours a week. And we expect that, that that time will be enough to make them resilient. It's not. We all as a church body, anytime we are around our young ones, should be pushing them towards resilience. Amen? Number two. Not only do we need to be role models, we need to be a refuge to the least of these. In a reeling world, Jesus continues to tell them, do not, in verse 10, he said, he used a really clear word, do not despise. Do not despise little ones that get lost. Do not despise them. He says that the angels, their angels, it's an interesting word, their angels always see the face of the Father. That means these little ones, as they wander, you do not make them feel bad for it. Jesus continues, he says, when they get lost, do not despise them. Why are reasons we despise them? Because we think they're little. You know, I mean, we have 99 more, so who cares about that one? Or they're not that important. I mean, they're, they're little, and we have a lot of them. Or they're the ones who got lost. 
I mean, what do I have to do with that? They're the ones that are lost. It's not important. This sobering detail begins to show us how badly young people need a refuge, how badly young people need someone to come after them when they wander. The Father says that their angels always see my face, meaning the angels always know what is happening with his little ones. The Father says, I will not want any of my little ones to perish. Do you see how the Father cares about children, teens, and the least of these? Church, you can't just trust pastors, and you can't just trust yourself as a parent. We all need to work together to be a refuge to young people. Oftentimes our ears are so stopped up, our eyes are so blind, our hearts are so hard that we don't understand why people walk away. And if you ask, Barna makes it very clear, why do young Christians walk away from the church? Because of older Christians. Many times young people walk away from church because they had no role models. And when they walk away, instead of making them feel bad for walking away, we go to them. We hear their hurts. Like the good shepherd, we pick them up like a small sheep. We're willing to hear them, see them, feel what they feel, and even apologize for things that might have happened to them along the way. And here's the thing. You know, it is a long journey for that shepherd to take the one and bring them to the 99. It doesn't happen just like that. You find the sheep. And then you and the shepherd, that sheep and that shepherd, they're together by themselves on the way back to the 99. And during that time, he shares, I love you. I care about you. I want you back with the 99. I understand what hurt you. I understand who overlooked you. And I'm bringing you back to the 99. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of refuge to bring them back. You see, the greatest remedy for reluctance, the greatest remedy for reluctance is when a, is a role model says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what happened. Let me bring you back. Let me take you back. Let me be a refuge for you. Children must be made resilient in a reeling world, and the two ways we can do that is being a role model and a refuge. Parents, one thing I just want to tell you is the world that we used to live in is not the world that they live in anymore. You know that. When we were little, my parents used to compare me to other kids. We got to stop that practice. Don't compare your children to another person's kid. Don't make your kid look better than another kid. Don't make them look worse. What does that produce? Not resilience, reluctance to follow Jesus. So church, can we close our eyes for a moment? And I know I put a lot of statistics on you, but I'm, I'm saying this because in the world that we live in, children determine what the church will become. Have you ever thought about what Metro Church or even the church in the United States will look at in 2050? Just look at our children. Ask the Lord now how you can contribute to the mission of reaching young ones. Church, you know, pray right now and ask the Lord, what does the future look like? Does it look Resilient? Does it look reluctant? And whose responsibility is that? Are we going to take this call seriously, church? I ask for some of you, maybe you don't feel like you can reach the Hindu or the Muslim. You don't know how to do that. You don't know how to get involved in all that. Then get involved in this mission field. 
Be a role model. Be a refuge. Take care of the least of these. Because quite literally, church, our future depends on it. Father, I pray that you would bless and encourage and inspire many right now to think about investing into the next generation. May many here, as they see our teens and as they see our children, be willing to say an encouraging word to somebody, to see them become more and more resilient in a reeling world. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your matchless name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.